Hey everyone, I'm Devin Dwyer in Washington. You're watching ABC News Live, and we're here with some breaking news now. Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, Mexico's most notorious drug lord, accused of setting up an industrial-scale trafficking and smuggling operation, a man responsible for tons of shipments of illicit drugs into the United States from Mexico over many, many years, has been convicted by a federal jury uh, in a court in New York City. Ten counts. He's likely to go spend the rest of his life behind bars. Of course, this is not the first time that El Chapo uh, has been put behind bars. He's escaped twice before, before he arrived here in the United States. For more on uh, these breaking developments, let's bring in our justice and investigative reporter, Josh Margolin. He's in New York, where the uh, jury's verdict was just read. Josh, uh, give us your top line on this. It seems like a pretty significant development, and uh, 10 counts. He's going to likely go behind bars for the rest of his life. Look, Devin, uh, the big headline here is that it took longer than people thought, but frankly, this is the result that prosecutors and the FBI and the DEA had said they anticipated all along. They felt the charges were a complete home run. They thought their evidence was incredible. Really, the question always had been, would they ever get Chapo to the United States to actually face charges? That was always the big if. And then once the Mexicans turned him over, you know, right at the dawn of the Trump administration, it seemed like almost a foregone conclusion, so much so that as the jury spent over five days deliberating, there were stories and, and questions among analysts of what's taking so long that this should have been, you know, open and shut. Uh, but it uh, it now is shut, uh, and we are seeing pretty incredible pictures. This is the first time we're getting a look at these images. This is never before seen video uh, of El Chapo arriving, being transported to the United States by DEA agents. Uh, as Josh just said, uh, the day before President Trump's inauguration, back uh, in early 2017, of course he had escaped twice previously from Mexican facilities. The United States offered to bring him here, try him here, hold him in U.S. custody. Uh, let's bring in our Gio Benitez now. He's joining us by phone. Gio, you covered in Mexico uh, one of El Chapo's escapes. In fact, I remember you going through one of the tunnels uh, that El Chapo dug to get out of prison. Uh, this is a pretty significant development uh, for a lot of Mexicans who had, who had wanted to see him back behind bars. Oh, absolutely, Devin. And, you know, when we were in that tunnel, one of the things that really struck me is how incredibly organized this tunnel was. I mean, this was an, a really sophisticated underground operation that was going on. Uh, they had basically built a house a mile from the prison, but they were only using that house to make it look like a construction site, because when you went into that house, that's where you saw the tunnel being built. This thing had air conditioning. It had electricity. It had a motorized bike to go through from so that he could jump onto this bike and get out of there as quickly as possible. So I think when you saw that and when we saw those images for the first time, we really realized the scope of his power and his grip uh, in Mexico. And when we were there talking to a lot of the people, one of the things that struck me was uh, that when I was in Mexico City, I was just sort of asking people what they thought about El Chapo. I, I would say about half of them were okay with him, and that was pretty shocking to me. And it's because he was uh, helping people in education there. He was really trying to make the support be 
a lot grander than you'd expect. In fact, uh, there they were saying, you know what, it's not El Chapo that's the problem. It's the government that's the problem. Uh, but no doubt about it, you have so many victims who were there. And in this country, we're talking about 200 tons of cocaine trafficked into this country. So many victims here. So many victims, such a huge impact from a single man whose nickname was Shorty. Uh, El Chapo means Shorty. He's roughly five and a half feet tall at 61 years old. Josh Margolin, um, after those dual escapes that Gio was talking about, he is likely headed for one of the most secure uh, prison facilities in the United States, right? Well, absolutely. And in fact, that's been the subject of a lot of discussion here. There, there were extraordinary security measures put in place for this trial. The trial was in Brooklyn, um, in New York City. People that, that, are, that are familiar with, with law enforcement in New York City know that when people are on trial in federal court, federal court in Brooklyn, they typically stay at a federal lockup in Brooklyn. They didn't put him there. They put him at the federal lockup in Manhattan, where they typically will house people accused of uh, terrorism charges. They transported him back and forth to Brooklyn under guard. They refused to disclose details of the transportation. They would have to shut down the Brooklyn Bridge at, at various times because they didn't want any other traffic on the bridge while the motorcade carrying him to the courthouse was actually there on the bridge. Uh, in the courthouse, you know, you have to go through the standard security at any federal courthouse in the country, but they had special security measures in place for that courtroom. I remember some years ago, I covered a trial in that federal courthouse of a mob boss, and there were extra security measures. These measures outstriped those. And, and the truth is, they didn't really fear that he was going to be able to tunnel out of an American courthouse or an American jail, but they knew that this man had resources and he was resourceful and that he had done these things. He had escaped in grand fashion, as Gio said, from being held twice in Mexico. And, and the whole point of the Mexicans bringing Chapo to the Americans to have him stand trial here was because they wanted to ensure that he would not escape again. So the Americans, they had a lot of skin in the game. They had to make sure that he did not get out. And if you're just joining us, uh, breaking news, El Chapo, one of the most notorious uh, drug uh, lords in Mexico, has been found guilty on all 10 counts by a federal jury in New York City. You're seeing never-before-seen footage uh, of El Chapo being transferred to the United States just two years ago by DEA agents from Mexico. Uh, as you see there, one of those agents standing behind in the background, El Chapo, uh, looking up at one of the officers. He is in, uh, in custody, as Josh was describing, um, under uh, pretty secure conditions. Josh, speaking of resources and being resourceful, uh, we do know that El Chapo has operated like a mob boss uh, in Mexico. Has there been any concern about the safety of the, of the jurors and the safety of the witnesses who had to come forward and testify publicly here? Well, that was some discussion, uh, and, and it always is with, with a very, very violent person who's on trial. Uh, a number of commentators were wondering, was the, the delay in the jury coming to a verdict, taking over five days, was that in somehow related to some fear the jurors might have for their own safety? Frankly, <laughs> I was talking to, to other, other journalists uh, who were watching this, and, and people were remarking among reporters that, would, would you really want to be on the jury for, for this kind of, of a trial? And, and the truth is, it has to be taken into account. The judge has made has taken extra special precautions in terms of keeping identities safe, 
secure, not releasing information, not releasing the identities of cooperating witnesses. But truth is that there, there is always there is always a level of danger associated with this. And but there's still the jury did its job. It listened to three months of testimony and then they, they the jury took its time five and a half days of deliberations and they came to this result guilty on all ten counts and I go back to Gio Benitez who has done uh, extensive reporting in Mexico on El Chapo on the drug uh, operation there Gio you know there there had been a strategy in place by US and Mexican uh, officials going after the drug cartels to, to take aim at the top, to go after the leaders of those cartels. They took out El Chapo. They celebrated that. Uh, but many of those operations are still in place. What do you know about sort of the state of affairs of the organization that El Chapo used to lead? Yeah, I mean, the Sinaloa cartel is very, very powerful in, in Mexico. So no doubt about it, this does not put an end to those cartels. Uh, this will continue. It is big business. And as we know, so many people are involved in this business. One of the things that's interesting, though, you know, Josh was talking about how long this was taking to try in court. In court, you had more than 50 witnesses against El Chapo. The jury had to hear from more than 50 people. Guess how many people were on El Chapo's side? Just one. That's the only witness uh, that they ever had. And so what we saw in those more than 50 witnesses were sons of other uh, drug lords. Um, in fact, the son of one of uh, his partners in the Sinaloa cartel testified against El Chapo. So a lot of people uh, from those cartels were involved as witnesses in this case. And Gio Benita is joining us by phone. Thank you, Gio, and thanks to Josh Margolin, our justice and investigative reporter from New York. Let's go now to N.J. Burkett uh, with our affiliate WABC in New York City. He's outside the Brooklyn federal court uh, where El Chapo, the notorious Mexican drug lord, has just been found guilty on 10 counts. Uh, N.J., what uh, and we did we did just lose him, uh, but we'll go back to NJ in a second. But our Aaron Katursky has also been covering the story and joins us now. Uh, Aaron, uh, give us your reaction and help us understand what the 10 counts are. What has he been found guilty of? No, broadly, El Chapo was accused of running a continuing criminal enterprise. It was really a kind of an industrial state of drug production and in that charge, it made clear that as leader of the Sinaloa cartel over the last two decades, El Chapo and his cartel delivered almost 200 tons of cocaine into the United States, not to mention the methamphetamine and the heroin, all the other illicit drugs. And, and I think the charge, even though it sounds kind of clinical, doesn't quite do justice to what federal prosecutors and the DEA have come to learn about El Chapo. He really invented the modern-day drug trade. It, it may sound quaint now to squirrel, you know, cocaine in a jalapeno can, but these are the tactics that Guzman invented and that became the signature of the Sinaloa cartel. He had his own fleet of boats and, and delivered literal boatloads of drugs to American shores. And for this, over the last couple of decades, he made billions of dollars, and jurors also heard about the violence that he was willing to use in order to enforce his turf, uh, the, the, the brutal killings of rivals, kidnappings, torture, and also the paranoia of someone who lived a life on the run, someone who would use electronics to spy on his mistresses and his 
wife, someone had, who would had uh, run naked. Over yeah, had, the, uh, had, had reigned over, Aaron, I just to interrupt you, had certainly reigned over, uh, had overseen a reign of terror. I want to get to N.J. Burkett just because we might lose him. He's outside uh, the federal court in Brooklyn. Stand by, Aaron. Uh, N.J., uh, thanks for coming on. Give us, give us the scene there at the courthouse and what reaction you may be hearing from folks out there or from federal prosecutors or defense attorneys. Well, I think the big question people have right now is is essentially what took so long? Uh, you know, as Aaron has pointed out, I mean, this was a very complex trial, over 50 witnesses, 11 weeks of testimony, an epic trial uh, in every sense of the word. But what's going on here right now? What's going on is an ice storm, and uh, that has <laughs> impacted a lot of our communications here and our ability to uh, broadcast live from outside the Eastern District Courthouse. But yes, at about 12.25 this afternoon, uh, the verdict was read in court by the judge. Uh, El Chapo, Joaquin Guzman, uh, convicted on every count in the federal indictment against him. And I believe I probably pointed out to you that he is also facing indictments in five other jurisdictions here in the United States. Uh, those charges, those indictments will stand. They will not be dismissed uh, in the event, unlikely as some might view it, uh, that uh, El Chapo wins an appeal of his conviction here. Uh, he could still face trial and certainly would face trial in any one of those five other jurisdictions, which would include El Paso, uh, San Diego, and, and Chicago, uh, Florida, for example. Uh, so uh, this certainly would not be the end of the road uh, for El Chapo uh, legally. But uh, at this point, it certainly does appear it, it is the end of the road, uh, at least with respect to the uh, New York conviction. I mean, if you know, he, he's been convicted now, and so he faces a mandatory sentence of life in prison without parole, Devin. All right, N.J. Burkett for us. Thanks so much, N.J., for braving the elements. Appreciate your reporting. Great to get you in here on ABC News Live with our affiliate uh, WABC. Aaron, uh, closing thoughts from you on, on this moment. You're someone who's covered many of these big cases. Um, this, this certainly is a big one. Oh, no question. The, the, the DEA has long considered Joaquin Guzman to be the biggest criminal in the world, not, you know, Al Capone, not even Osama bin Laden. They attribute far more deaths to El Chapo and the Sinaloa cartel than to any other single criminal in history. And so for them, getting him into the United States, and he was extradited from Mexico on the eve of President Trump's inauguration in 2017, and then now getting him convicted, and we'll hear soon from the U.S. attorney and from the heads of some of the organizations that were uh, helping to, uh, to prosecute him, this is a, a, a singular moment. However, they will also say in the same breath that they do not believe that Guzman's arrest, capture, now conviction, will stem the flow of illicit drugs into the United States. For every Joaquin Guzman, there is another one in his wake, and some of the tools of the trade that he perfected are, are now signature and are being used by, in some cases, rivals or other members of the Sinaloa cartel itself. Uh, Aaron Katursky for us in New York. Certainly, Aaron, as you said, a blow 
uh, though, to that massive Sinaloa drug cartel and in a message sent to drug cartels in Mexico, one that the United, uh, United States uh, has long been uh, trying to send. Thank you so much for that. And Josh, I uh, want to bring you into this. It also seems to be a, a pretty significant milestone in the relationship, law enforcement relationship between the United States and Mexico, despite all the tensions over things like the border wall, migrants uh, and the like. Here is, is a moment of cooperation. The Mexicans turning him over, the U.S. prosecuting him, uh, and both sides likely very happy with this outcome. You know, Devin, that's true. And, and in fact, it is a bit of a split screen because while the president has been critical of Mexico and was critical of Mexico during the campaign and right at the start of the administration, El Chapo was turned over to the Americans as Trump was coming into office. And, and it was a result that President Obama could not achieve because there was a lot of back and forth while Obama was still president about whether or not Guzman would get here. I don't know. None of us could know the hypothetical of what would happen if it were again today. But it, there was some cooperation. Now, there is on the flip side, as American law enforcement will tell, you, tell us <clears throat> privately without necessarily putting their names to it, there was a great deal of fear that Guzman uh, would not be tried, would not be tried successfully, that he could escape if it all happened in Mexico. The, this trial, you know, opened the window for us to get a peek into the whole uh, system of payoffs and bribery that went on between the Sinaloa cartel and government officials in Mexico. So clearly there was a thought, definitely among American law enforcement, that the only way to bring him to justice and lock him up with conviction would be here in the United States. But one never knows. You know, it, it was said at the start, uh, I think you said in your open, talking about the industrial size of his operation. He really did turn you know, drug trafficking into big business. Aaron talked about it. Gio talked about it. 200 tons boats and, and, and submarines and tunnels and people on his payroll to make sure that things happen. This is not some, you know, corner drug dealer who's, who's dealing to, to people that come up in a car. Yeah, uh, this is this is a this is a big deal. Um, Josh Margolin, terrific reporting. Great to have your voice in this conversation. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, and just to recap for our viewers, if you're just joining us, some breaking news out of federal uh, court in Brooklyn, New York, where a jury has just found El Chapo Guzman, one of the most notorious Mexican uh, drug lords, the leader of the Sinaloa cartel, guilty on 10 counts uh, of leading a really industrial scale smuggling and drug trafficking operation resulting in many tons uh, of illicit drugs brought into the United States and other places uh, over his many years uh, in power. Uh, the nickname El Chapo, meaning shorty, just five and a half feet tall, 61 years old. Uh, El Chapo now likely to be held in a highest security facility in the United States. Uh, and as N.J. Burkett told us there from WABC, still uh, many more federal indictments outstanding uh, in addition to the 10 charges. Uh, which he was found guilty on today. You're seeing a live picture right now <clears throat> of outside the federal courthouse in Brooklyn uh, where we're awaiting uh, a press conference from prosecutors. We expect defense attorneys also to give uh, their side of, of what has transpired today. You can continue to watch live coverage here on ABC News Live. We'll bring that uh, press conference. And it does look like uh, at least some folks are coming this way now to, 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 uh, uh, to address the microphones. Uh, as, uh, as this is a very significant uh, moment for uh, U.S. law enforcement, drug enforcement authorities, uh, as we listen in now uh, to these uh, representatives about to speak. You're liking, you're liking it now, aren't you? 
Donnie, I'm the U.S. Attorney here in the Eastern District of New York. Okay. Good afternoon. I'm Richard Donnie, I'm the U.S. Attorney here in the Eastern District of New York. Minutes ago, a federal jury here in the Eastern District convicted Joaquin El Chapo Guzman Loea on all counts of the federal indictment. In sum, the jury found that Guzman led the Sinaloa cartel, one of the largest and most dangerous drug cartels in the world, and that he's responsible for violence, including murders, and the smuggling of massive amounts of narcotics into the United States over a period of decades. This conviction, we expect, will bring a sentence of life without the possibility of parole. It is a sentence from which there is no escape and no return. This conviction is a victory for the American people who has suffered so long and so much while Guzman made billions pouring poison over our southern border. This conviction is a victory for the Mexican people who have lost more than 100,000 lives in drug-related violence. This conviction is a victory for every family who has lost a loved one to the black hole of addiction. There are those who say that the war on drugs is not worth fighting. Those people are wrong. Every day we lose American lives. Every day harm is inflicted on this country by drug addiction. And every seizure, every arrest, and every conviction contributes to a noble effort to save American lives. This conviction was brought about through a tremendous team effort within, across, and beyond the Justice Department. I first want to thank this remarkable trial team, remarkable and resilient trial team, made up of Eastern District Assistant United States Attorneys, Gina Parlovecchio, Andrea Goldbarg, Michael Rabati, Patricia Natopoulos, Hiro Mehta, Southern District of Florida Assistant United States Attorney Adam Fells, and trial attorneys Amanda Liscom, Anthony Nardozzi, and Brett Reynolds from the Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs Section in Washington, together with our law enforcement partners in the DEA, FBI, and HSI, they gathered and presented overwhelming evidence of Guzman's guilt. I would also like to thank paralegals Huda Abusher, Melissa Bennett, Eileen Rosado, Angel Jimenez, and others who skillfully supported the prosecution team. We'd also like to thank our colleagues in the United States Attorney's offices in the Northern District of Illinois, the Southern District of New York, the Southern District of California, the Western District of Texas, and the District of New Hampshire for their tremendous contributions to this effort. I would also like to extend our sincere thanks and appreciation to the United States Marshal Service, the NYPD, our court security officers, DHS's Federal Protective Service, and others who have, through selfless service, vigilantly protected the courthouse and the surrounding area 
on a 24-7 basis under challenging circumstances. This trial has pulled back the curtain on international drug dealing in a way that no other trial has. It revealed that Guzman and his co-conspirators were responsible for smuggling hundreds of tons of cocaine, heroin, methamphetamines, and marijuana into the United States. It also revealed that they were only able to operate on that scale because of endemic corruption. This is unacceptable and it will end. This is a day of reckoning, but there are more days of reckoning to come. We would like to thank the judge for a fair and efficient trial. And most of all, we would like to thank the jurors for their commitment, their patience, and the careful attention they paid to the evidence throughout the long course of this trial. I'd now like to give you the next presenter, Acting DEA Administrator Udom Dillon. Good afternoon. I'm the Acting Administrator for the Drug Enforcement Administration, Udom Dillon. Today's conviction of Joaquin El Chapo Guzman demonstrates the dedication and determination of the men and women of the Drug Enforcement Administration to bring the world's most dangerous and prolific drug trafficker to justice. El Chapo is responsible for unthinkable amounts of death and destruction both in the United States and in his own country of Mexico. Guzman's deadly drugs destroyed many American families for nothing more than greed and power. This conviction is a huge victory for the thousands of DEA agents worldwide and all of our law enforcement partners in the United States, in Mexico, and around the world who work tirelessly to bring this man to justice. The success of this case is a testament to the strength of our relationship with our Mexican counterparts. We will continue to collaborate with Mexico to bring down the cartels and the individuals who bring poison into our country and into our communities. It is our hope that this verdict will show the entire world, no matter who you are or where you are located or how powerful you become, the Drug Enforcement Administration will never stop and you will answer for your crimes. DEA will continue to pursue justice worldwide and protect all Americans from the scourge of illegal drugs. Thank you. Throughout the past 12 weeks, the American public and the world had a backstage pass to the rise and fall of the leader, the most notorious, infamous, and dangerous drug cartel in history. Prior to the trial, El Chapo was a household name synonymous with wealth, power, fortune, and fame. However, throughout the trial and in many, many chilling witness testimonies, the American public and the world was introduced to the real El Chapo, a ruthless killer, a violent drug trafficker, arms trafficker, money launderer, and manipulator. El Chapo was the man behind the curtains. He pulled all the strings. He directed all of the production, the smuggling, the transportation, distribution of billions upon billions of dollars. 
worth of narcotics into the United States. El Chapo was the leader of the Sinaloa cartel, the cartel responsible for pushing thousands of tons of cocaine, methamphetamine, heroin, fentanyl, marijuana into our communities, our neighborhoods all across America. Today's verdict is a victory for law enforcement. But more importantly than that, today's verdict is justice. It's justice for the many thousands upon thousands of victims of overdose. It's justice for their families, it's justice for their friends, for their communities, for their towns, and for their cities. The Sinaloa cartel is responsible in large part for the opioid crisis. Since it was the Sinaloa cartel that first introduced America to Mexican heroin laced with fentanyl. So justice has been served. I'd like to thank all our partners in the DETF, the Drug Enforcement Task Force, specifically the NYPD, the New York State Police. Also like to thank our federal partners, Eastern District of New York, Department of Justice, HSI, FBI, U.S. Marshals, CBP, and the many thousands upon thousands of other law enforcement, state and local and federal partners that worked to capture, to extradite, and eventually convict El Chapo. Thank you very much. Special Agent Charge, DEA, Raymond Donovan. Next, next up is Assistant Director Bill Sweeney, FBI. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you. Today's message and today's verdict was a powerful statement, uh, both on behalf of victims across the globe and countless law enforcement officers who lost their lives fighting and tracking and hunting this individual. I'd like to express our gratitude to the many people that worked with us on our FBI Safe Streets Task Forces across the country. None of this is possible without partnerships, both here in the U.S. and across the globe. The people standing behind me are a tremendous picture of what's good uh, in this instance, and they've done tremendous work to bring justice for everybody involved. I want, to, I want to thank you and pass it on to Angel Melendez from HSI. Thank you, Bill. Uh, my name is Angel Melendez. I'm the special agent in charge for Homeland Security Investigations. I want to start off by saying today, is a historic day in American justice. Two years ago, when Joaquin El Chapo Guzman was extradited to the United States to face the charges for which he was convicted today, during the announcement, we had the opportunity to mention that upon his arrival here in New York, the realization of American justice, of facing American justice, was sinking in. And today we say, American justice has been served, ending his days of evading law enforcement, ending his murderous ways and his propensity of carrying out violent acts, all in support of his drug trafficking efforts to poison our streets here in our country. To reach such an important day, it takes a village. And this was a village and all of government effort. I have to commend the A-team, the Avengers, the prosecutors that tried this case for the last 12 weeks relentlessly into achieving the conviction. I also want to commend the countless investigators of law enforcement here in the United States and elsewhere that worked arduously to ensure that a chapel was investigated, that he was captured, that he was extradited that he would face his charges, 
and eventually be convicted. I want to highlight the efforts of our HSI special agents out of our Phoenix office and particularly here in New York of our El Dorado task force in New York City that worked hand in hand with DEA, FBI, NYPD here in the city and other agencies to achieve this monumental goal. I want to end by, by, by indicating that one of the important things about this conviction is the fact that it sends a resounding message to those individuals out there, no matter where they are, that are involved in drug trafficking as a chopper was. You are not unreachable. You are not untouchable. And your day will come. I'll make a couple of comments for the Spanish press. Hoy es un día histórico. Es un día histórico la, el veredicto de culpabilidad en contra Joaquín El Chapo Guzmán. And you're watching a press conference with federal authorities after the conviction of Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, the notorious Mexican drug lord found guilty today by a federal jury in Brooklyn, New York, on 10 counts of orchestrating a scheme of smuggling and trafficking of millions of pounds of drugs into the United States over decades. We just heard from U.S. Attorney Richard Donahue of the Eastern District of New York say that he expects Guzman to spend the rest of his life behind bars without parole. Uh, he said it's a sentence that will allow him no escape and no return, an allusion to the two times previously uh, that Guzman has escaped uh, from behind bars. Let's bring in our Aaron Katursky, uh, who has covered this case from the start. Aaron, uh, closing thoughts from you and uh, any reflections on, on what the authorities were saying there about how this is very much justice for the hundreds of thousands of Americans who have become addicted to drugs. I think it's striking that the, the DEA believes that uh, Joaquin Guzman is responsible now for the nation's ongoing opioid epidemic. You heard Ray Donovan, that's really his name, the head of the DEA here in New York, uh, blame Guzman and the Sinaloa cartel for being the first ones to introduce Mexican heroin laced with fentanyl into the United States. And we all know how big a problem fentanyl has, has become. And they laid that right at the feet of Joaquin Guzman. He called him a ruthless killer, a violent drug trafficker, an arms trafficker, money launderer, and manipulator, and said that his conviction today is justice for countless drug overdose victims in the United States. And, and I'm struck, too, Devin, uh, the, some of the, the video that we've been seeing on the screen uh, of El Chapo's arrival in New York, not when he was taken into custody first, but here now as he arrives on that plane... Watch his eyes through the window as he looks up through the window and realizes where he is. At that moment, he did not know where he was. He had been taken into American custody, and he asked where he was, and a federal drug agent told me that they simply told him Nueva York. And that was the first time El Chapo had a clue uh, back in 2017 where he was and what was about to happen to him. And if you look at that man in the video, how much smaller he seems than the ruthless killer, violent drug trafficker, arms trafficker, money launderer, manipulator that the DEA called him today. 
Simply incredible and great reporting. Our investigative reporter and ABC News radio anchor Aaron Katursky, thank you for those thoughts, Aaron. Uh, we'll have continuing coverage here of the uh, El Chapo Guzman conviction uh, and continuing trials. Remember, several outstanding indictments as well here at ABC News Live and at ABCNews.com. Uh, right now, we're going to return you to headlines here on ABC News Live, the latest in other stories happening today, and there are a lot of them. Uh, but we thank you for joining us. I'm ABC's Devin Dwyer in Washington. Thanks for watching.